This past weekend here on WDET, we commemorated the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. Since that date, millions of people here in the U.S. have served in the military, with more than half of post-9-11 veterans serving in combat missions. The effects of the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq on veterans' health has been much discussed, with depression, PTSD, chronic pain, and many other issues significantly affecting veterans' lives during and after service. Ryan Buckley is a combat veteran who says cannabis was nearly a miracle for his recovery from injuries he sustained while serving. And his experience, along with other vets he knew, led him to start a nonprofit to help ease veterans' return to civilian life. And to also start a cannabis growing operation whose profits fund research to change the military's ban on marijuana use. I spoke with Brian Buckley about his work with Battle Brothers and how cannabis can save veterans' lives. First off, thank you for having me on today. It's a great honor to be here and talking to people out in Detroit, Michigan. We uh, really hope to get the brand out there within the next year uh, as part of the uh, kind of five-year plan. Uh, but how we got started here was in around 2016, I started a nonprofit called Battle Brothers Foundation. And we focused on like a three-tier approach for active duty military transitioning into veteran, uh, the veteran world or civilian life, if you will. So we do a personal medical and economic. So personal is kind of like a big brother, big sister network. We are kind of just there. You have a battle brother who is a veteran to kind of help out that transitioning military member because it's a lot more difficult than some realize. And then on the medical side, we help out VA disability claims. So veterans do not have the VA uh, disability rating they feel they deserve. We can take that case on and see if we can help uh, enhance the rating. If a veteran is suffering with opiate, alcohol, PTS, or all of the above, we have uh, a great director of treatment and recovery who can help get them into a treatment facility. Essentially, let them take a knee and kind of recalibrate and get back out there and do great things. And then the last part is the economic phase, and that was just helping the veteran find a job. You know, at, talking to them like the uh, guidance counselor in high school. You got a million dollars. What do you want to do with your life? And find a job that is purposeful to them. So they have that same sense of purpose like they did while serving in the military, where we can hopefully avoid a mistake they can't come back from. And during this, one of my other co-founders with Helmand Valley Growers Company, Andy Myers, who served with me in the Marine Corps, he just was looking really good one week and was telling me just how much the benefits of uh, medical cannabis was helping him. And it was kind of funny. I said, like, I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, you know, I gave up a fifth of Jack for a joint. And he's like, you know, I'm not drinking and driving. I'm not blacking out at night. I'm able to get a good night of sleep. And furthermore, I've really gotten into cultivations, helping me transition from a warrior to a gardener. So I just thought that was pretty impactful. And from there, I tried some medical cannabis myself, being 100% disabled and 100% post-traumatic stress and all that stuff. And for me as well, it's the first night I got a full night of sleep. So we really felt this is something pretty powerful. And there's some great veteran advocacy groups, but we want to do a little bit more come at maybe from a different approach of how can we really kind of get this into the VA medical system and had the opportunity to talk with some members of Congress. And they said, listen, if you guys can get data and get American doctors to back this up, you guys got a good fight. And through that, we partnered with a firm called Niamedic Healthcare and Research Services out of Israel. Uh, our lead researcher is a gentleman named Dr. Victor Novak. At one point, he was in charge of Harvard's Clinical Research Institute and very, it's done many FDA trials. And then we also were able to bring on uh, UC Irvine to be our uh, American face. 
And our one doctor from UC Irvine, she will be our principal investigator. So that's essentially, you know, we'll have data and we'll have American doctors validating it. And we're going to go through kind of a three-tier approach of a study here in California with 60 veterans. From there, we'll develop a formulation and a, a recommended treatment protocol, do a more robust study here with about 200 veterans. And then we look to move it into Michigan to do a retrospective study to basically prove, you know, even in a different area in the United States, uh, we can show that it's repeatable and, and accessible and we're gaining the same results. But, you know, kind of with the Hellman Valley Growers concept, we were looking at how do we fund this research? It's going to be really expensive, and we didn't want to work with the federal government in terms of the NIDA program, and we just went forward and said, let's put our money where our mouth is. We launched an adult-use brand called Hellman Valley's Grower Company, and 100% of our profits goes back to veteran medical cannabis research, and we got our first sale of February 2nd of 2020, and with our first $50,000, we developed a study design, submitted it to what they call an institutional review board, which is a really big deal. And we got approved for a private IRB to do uh, research with medical cannabis on veterans to see if it can reduce the symptoms of post-traumatic stress. And the IRB, why that's such a big win is we've been cleared to do human trials. And without an IRB, you really don't have much ground to stand on when you're kind of trying to move things in the medical world. Uh, well, congratulations on on getting the the company going up and running, the funding, and the and the IRB, like you mentioned. There, there's a lot to get into in what you just said there. And I think what might not be readily information for many people who are, do not have military veterans in their household or are not one themselves, uh, but why there is a different, you know, concern and different like standards for the military, I think maybe some people don't really know about. Could you go into why cannabis is still a hot button issue in the military? Yeah, I, I believe, you know, you can really go back to the war on drugs with the Richard Nixon administration and kind of what just enveloped the entire, you know, America's view of cannabis making a Schedule One narcotic. I mean, that means it's federally illegal and it's saying that it's highly addictive and has no medical benefit. So really, no one's even looked at it. They just looked at it like, well, it's worse than cocaine. So you're absolutely not going to touch it, especially in the military. But now I think as we're getting a little bit more progressive, we're seeing the appetite from many states that are bringing on either medical or both medical and adult use. And with more research that we start providing, I think the stigma of this thing just being some crazy drug and marijuana that's going to make you go all kind of crazy and nuts like reefer madness. I think we're starting to see that there's a lot of untapped potential. And, you know, I kind of look at the government. They're going to do their thing. They have their initiatives and their agendas. And it, it, it would just take a long time, obviously. And that's why we were just saying, hey, let's just grab the bull by the horns and do it ourselves and prove to the government that, hey, we've gone forward, we have done the research ourselves, and here it is, it works. And kind of some of the frustrating parts of this is we've really, we've actually sent ta US taxpayer money over to Israel for them to study medical cannabis, and they are proving it works. So it's kind of a weird, weird kind of arena to be in. But Nonetheless, it is the arena that we're in, and that's the game we'll play of proving it with, you know, American doctors with U.S. veterans. And what we really hope is, you know, once we start kind of going down the path and are seeing how well it works for veterans, maybe this is something that the military itself could implement. Because talking with the Israelis, I mean, they've even told us when you're hit by a blast wave or you get concussed, one of the best things for you would be actually consume some medical cannabis because it'll start reducing the brain swelling and start enhancing the brain recovery. So I think there's a lot of exciting avenues that we have not even un unveiled yet that eventually we will discover. 
That's really incredible. You know, I'm curious with the stigma against cannabis within the military for veterans who, you know, may be leaving the military, but also want to still be part of have their security clearance, for instance, and be able to look to cannabis to help with, you know, PTSD, pain issues, other things like that. That's a problem as well, still officially for the military. Is that correct? Yeah, if you're active duty, I mean, do not consume cannabis. Uh, you're you're going to get a urine test. It's still federally illegal, and they will remove you from the military. So that's why I tell everyone on active duty, um, you know, and I hate to use the phrase, it is what it is, but it is what it is, right? So what is really nice, though, is I've had some friends who have recently retired, and they've started consuming cannabis. And they'll even say it's, you know, it's like our culture in the military, you know, we, we, we go to bars, and we kind of do that. And that's all well and good. But cannabis is so frowned upon. But, you know, guys who've gotten out, they're like, again, kind of to echo Andy's thoughts. It's like, man, it is just so great to be able to consume cannabis. Because of all the things basically Andy was saying, like, you're not blacking out, you're not drinking and driving, you, you kind of keep your wits about you. And you wake up the next day and you feel good. Uh, you're not hung over and lethargic for, you know, half a day or a full day. So, you know, it, it is unfortunate. But again, I just say, hey, it's our duty to start proving the medical benefits. And you never know what might kind of come down the road in time as we start showing more of how effective cannabis can be versus some of the opiates or some of the other uh, things that are provided by the military. Let's get into some numbers here. So how many military veterans are we talking about who are at least being statistically counted for injuries and for PTSD after their service that you feel that medical cannabis could help them? Yeah, uh, again, a great question. I mean, we know that pretty much if you deployed uh, during the global war on terrorism, chances are, you know, if you're in a unit, half of that unit will be prescribed uh, some sort of opiate upon their return due to different injuries or symptoms that have happened to them. And then about half of them will become addictive. Uh, one of the things that's most alarming to me that came out, I believe, in the end of June was a study at the University of Boston where they showed during you know, the global war on terrorism that started roughly October of 2001, we've had uh, just a little bit over 7,500 active duty military members die on the battlefield. But during that same time, we've had nearly 31,000 veterans or active duty military members commit suicide. And that is just kind of a crazy stat if you think about it. It's more dangerous for us to be back here in America than it would be for us to be in Fallujah, Iraq, or Helmand, Afghanistan, which is just mind boggling. And that I think is just due to kind of a little, almost a perfect storm of events. I mean, a lot of people are, are getting post-traumatic stress. You know, you see them when they're, they're prescribed opiates and they kind of start drinking alcohol and they're living off their disability payments. And you really just start seeing they're losing their sense of purpose. And they go down a path of saying, why am I in here? What am I doing? And they unfortunately take their own lives. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, you prescribe cannabis to a veteran, all their problems are alleviated. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say cannabis is for everyone. However, it should be a tool in the toolkit. And if it makes sense, we should utilize that for this medicinal value. Because I really look at what veterans are going through. It's like a holistic approach that we need to kind of take on. And that was the genesis of Battle Brothers Foundation. You know, I tell people, if you're on a diet, well, let's just say if you eat well, but you don't work out, or if you work out and you don't eat well, you're probably not going to get the results you want. However, if you work out and you eat well, you're going to see some great results. And that's where we want to kind of encompass that of, 
hey, let's get the veterans the appropriate medical needs that they ha- that they require so they can go off and do great things and help them find a job and just kind of live that American dream that they fought so hard to defend. And again, that's where we have to kind of get to that point of destigmatizing what cannabis is and again, proving the medicinal value. So if a veteran is traveling from, let's say, California to the Midwest or wherever it may be, if they have some of their medical cannabis with them, it should be treated just like they have their aspirin with them or whatever they, whatever else they were prescribed, because that's what they need versus, you know, them going off and, you know, going to a bar and drinking until they can't see anymore, just so they can get a good night of sleep or whatever it may be. And that's not even a good phrase, good night of sleep, just so they can go get some sleep. So again, that's why we kind of put the burden on our backs here to say, we've got to go forward and prove the medical benefits to it. So we can kind of drop all this nonsense you know, just not on the legal side of what's happening to people being incarcerated for a plant, but also if you look at things on the economic side where we have to deal with tax code 280E, we can't put our money into a regular FDIC approved bank because it has no FDIC approval. There's a lot of hurdles and barriers you have to go through in order to be in the legal cannabis market. And one of the things that concerns me the most is the booming illicit market, especially in California, where last year we we estimated that the legal market did about $4 billion in revenue and the illegal market did about $8 billion in revenue. And that's just due to high taxation. And it's just not the cost that is that the burden that's going down on the veterans. It's a safety issue where people are consuming things that don't even have not been tested by a third party uh, state tester. So you have no idea what you're putting in your body and some really irreparable harm could come to you from that. veteran Brian Buckley. He is one of the founders of the nonprofit Battle Brothers Foundation, which helps military veterans uh, return with more ease to civilian life. He's also part of the team that started a new cannabis operation in California that is looking to use its profits to fund research that will change the military's ban on medical marijuana I spoke with him uh, for Culture Shift. This is 1019 WDET. Culture Shift is the show. I'm Amanda LeClaire. Still ahead.